we have Dr. Giora Weiser with us live in our studio, our mobile studio here at Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Dr. Giora Weiser is director of the Glaubach Department of Pediatric Emergency Medicine, which I am told that the pediatric emergency room has just turned 10 years old. Yeah. Mazal tov on that. And uh, you must have... You must have a whole host of incredible stories from the pediatric ER. I can only imagine uh, uh, how, how often you and your staff have saved lives and have really stepped in at a very important part in a uh, in a baby's or young person's life. So congratulations on that. Well, we do our best. And right? thank you for joining us here today. How does a pediatric ER differ from a regular emergency room? Wow. Um, here in Israel, it's a, it's a whole different world to an extent. Um, the pediatric emergency departments in Israel today are basically run by, historically were run by pediatricians. There were no emergency physicians there. And in the past uh, seven, eight years, the field of pediatric emergency, pediatric emergency medicine has come in. There's an official uh, fellowship. And uh, most emergency depart- pediatric emergency departments in Israel today have uh, specialists in pediatric emergency medicine, which basically enabled us to really cover the entire field of emergency medicine. Um, if today in a lot of emergency departments, adult emergency departments, the patients are still split up into the surgical ward, right. the orthopedic, the uh, internal medicine, and things like that. In pediatrics, we basically cover everything in one shot. So yes, our, ba- our day could be very busy running from a kid with a broken arm to some form of poisoning to a child who needs, if it's really bad resuscitation or any immediate medical you know, medical treatment. And here at Shari Tzedek, they would, they would literally show up to the emergency entrance, I assume, and then you would determine, or your staff would determine, this is obviously a candidate for the pediatric ER, and they would oh. take it from there. So right now, today, anybody under the age of 18, your 18th birthday makes you have to suffer and go downstairs. Seriously? Yeah, till, the, till your 18th birthday, it doesn't matter what you have, oh. you show up by us. Um, everybody comes to the pediatric emergency department, and we see everything. That means no matter what, we're supposed to see everything, and we do our best. Um, the pediatric emergency department, it's, it's going to be its 11th year in a couple of months, right. um, has been around for a while, and it's been growing. It's, it's one of the fastest-growing emergency departments in Israel. Uh, we've moved from 2008. We were seeing annually around uh, 12,000 children, which is not a big number. Last year, we ended with 36,000. So within 10 years, we tripled our size. Uh, ending as the third biggest emergency department in Israel. A lot of children in Jerusalem, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the fa- fastest growing populations in this country. I can imagine. You're part of the uh, mobile team that went to places like Nepal? Yes. And yes. obviously with your expertise in pediatrics, again, you were solving these problems that the young people have. One of the reasons that uh, Professor Marine asked me to go with them along for, the, for both missions to the Philippines and Nepal was because of the fact that he wanted a pediatric emergency physician. And uh, I don't say no to anybody. So, <laughs> what's that experience like? Um, it's the best I can say is interesting. It's not fun. It's a very hard experience. It's a it's a very complicated experience. You see, um, you see how in different areas in the world, basically the vast majority of the population of the, wor- of the world doesn't enjoy the medicine that we all enjoy. Right. And you see how people are re- really left with nothing, and you have to help them deal with it. And you understand that you can't just give them the same medicine that you give here in Israel. I can't just tell him, oh, listen, you need antibiotics for a week. If I wanted to get antibiotics for a week, I have to give him the antibiotics for a week. Child with a fracture, I can't just tell them, oh, here's a cast, go home. They have no way of taking off that cast. They don't know who, they don't have an orthopedist to follow up with. Um, and it causes a lot of, uh, obviously, there are some very difficult medical cases, but also a lot of difficult ethical cases of whether or not uh, 
to intervene or how much you can treat somebody, and including cases where you kind of make a decision that you're not going to treat somebody. Yeah, you're making decisions usually in a very short period of time yeah. in very trying circumstances, and you have to think of, of what's going to be happening down the road, what the uh, ramifications of that decision is. The yeah. broken bone I, um, uh, that you mentioned, that's a very good example of it, right. uh, where if they're not going to be able to remove a cast, then you know, you're going to have to treat it differently. Right. And I would assume there are alternate methods of what to do with that case. Um, right? yeah. yeah, some fractures, you say, listen, it's, uh, in, in, a real, in a real normal world, I would just set the bone, I would put on a cast, right. it'd follow up in a week or two, we'll see that it's standing okay. And sometimes in these cases, you look and you're like, listen, it's a decent angle, I'm going to leave it the way it is. And it'll heal. And it'll heal. Uh, the point you mentioned earlier, I think, is one that's very important for this audience to know. I think we are spoiled at times with the <laughs> medical care that we have. I think we might, you might be able to say the same thing about this country, thank God, that we're at a level here that is uh, very different than the rest of the world. And I think that that's something that we need to consider, especially as the medical industry, at least in the United States, is always under question. And we wonder whether we're getting the, you know, good enough care at, at a good enough price, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have seen situations, not just in Nepal, I'm sure you have other areas you've visited, yeah. uh, that d- d- I mean, you can't even compare. It's impossible to compare uh, what they have in terms of supplies and know-how uh, in, you know, compared to what we have in the U.S. I know. Listen, in the end, everybody wants to do the best for their children. I mean, I'm coming as a, from the pediatric world. Right. You want to do the best for your kid. You want to get the best medicine, the best doctors and everything. Uh, the considerations become very difficult. Our considerations are different. If, you, if your child needs uh, um, some form of exam and you're like, fine, I want the best one. Is an MRI? I want an MRI now. Cost me money? I'll pay the money. I want an MRI now. I think myself, uh, six months ago, I was in Ethiopia. You know, family comes in and they have uh, a small infection on their foot and all they need is antibiotics. And they, they tell them, the doctor sees the kid and he says, yeah, you need antibiotics. So the like, so give me antibiotics. I'm like, no, I can't give you antibiotics. There's a pharmacy. Go buy the antibiotics if you want the antibiotics. And she's like, I don't have money. I just walked here two days to, for you to check the kid. And they just go home. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. But I, think, it, we, I yeah. think we need to hear that, though. Yeah, it's very trying, and, uh, and you kind of learn really. And it must make you suffer, maybe that's the wrong word, when you think of that child not getting the antibiotics they need in a situation like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's very, I'm saying that's why it's a very, it's, a, it's an interesting um, experience. It's a very difficult one. It's not a simple one. Um, you realize, by the way, how resilient humans could be, because a lot of those people, unlike us, would not take the antibiotics, and they All overcome. Right. They find the way to overcome. But in the end, you realize that, uh, excuse me, that we're, in the end, just, um, we're always doing our best, and the one that you can save and push a little bit further, you did a, your job, and sometimes you can't. How does Israel it. rank in the uh, area of pediatrics? Are there countries that follow suit and look toward Israel for methods that they're using and procedures that are going on in the area of pediatrics, like so many other areas that Israel is leading the world in? I think that the pediatrics in this country is... Uh, it's quite good. I'll put it that way. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I can't compare. I'm not going to give ourselves grades. But if I have right. to give an example, I just came back, uh, actually, Mosei Shabbat. I just landed from Romania, spent there last week teaching the Romanians how to sedate children. That means we're in 2019. Sedation is a form of uh, basically putting kids to sleep uh, around procedures that they perform. Sure. You know, if you want to, the fracture is always easier to go back to. If I'm resetting a fracture, right. I don't want the kid screaming his head off. So we put them out. And reset this. That's something that's standard. Sure. You, you wouldn't assume. But milder than regular anesthesia, right? Right. So, right. so right now in Romania, you have two options. Either they grab you quickly and just reset it just like that. It's okay. It goes away. Or they. T- or you have to wait for an operating room, which can take, you know, hours to days. So we did the first course. We actually. I just came back with uh, some. Uh, I'm doing a cooperation with Rambam, and we just uh, ran a course there. 
and we're probably going to repeat it and continue doing these things. Speaking to Dr. Giora Weiser, uh, what about these super high-tech glasses we heard about <laughs> where, where you think this, this might be a good innovation for your emergency room? Okay, so this, actually, this will actually tie into what I just spoke about, the sedation. One of the biggest things that children suffer from in the Children come into the emergency department with a lot of pain and, and uh, anxiety. They're scared. They see sure. people like me. They start crying. I'm used to that. Um, and, and part you bring of, out the worst in them, huh? I really do. It's not a joke, unfortunately. But the point is, is that I'd like uh, when I look at these children, I want to help them. And if I do nothing else, I don't want to make it worse for them. I don't want to make them more traumatic. And the sedation is one form of avoiding, you know, causing them sure. extra trauma. And distraction is an amazing tool for avoiding that pain. You know, you could take bloods from kids and suture them and everything with just a bit, bit of distraction. And for that distraction, we have a lot of options, one of them being clowns and things like that. And lately what we started using is these 3D goggles, which literally we use the parents. It's simple. It sounds like high tech, but it's not. It's the parents' uh, cell phone using YouTube on 3D, uh, on 3D um, movies that you can just watch on YouTube at any time. We put it in the goggles and it's amazing. I talk to the kids while they're watching the movies, swimming in the sea or whatever and I'm doing whatever I want and they don't move. Boy, oh boy. Thank God for technology. Really, it's amazing. Helps in a lot of different areas. Uh, I thank you. I thank you for joining us today. It's uh, Dr. Gero Weiser, Director of the Glaubach Department of Pediatric Emergency Medicine. My pleasure. And I hope uh, every emergency medicine case goes well. Continue your amazing work on behalf of our people. We do our best. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, We're at Chari Medical Center in Jerusalem.